Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm Dan. And this is our nostalgic deep dive into Girls in Tears. Before we start, we just want to give a content warning for weight-related issues, abusive relationships, exploitation of a child, sexual assault and the death of a parent. If this episode isn't for you, we have plenty more episodes on Jacqueline Wilson's books that you can have a listen to, and we'll be bringing out lots more in the future. And this is our first podcast that we've done over the phone. Yes, (laughs) because COVID reasons mean that we can't meet, so... Um, might sound a bit weird, might sound a bit different, Yeah, but it should be fine. It should be. It'll, it'll take a few, I don't know, maybe a few minutes to sort of ease into it, but yeah, it should be okay. Yeah, things might get a bit crackly. Yeah. Uh, apologies in advance, but yeah, it should be okay. Yeah, when the fun. situation's over, we'll be back to making them in person, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> okay, Hannah, so we need to talk about this book honestly I've been excited to talk about because I've I've only just finished it but the minute I finished it I was like oh my god I've got like so much to say Mm -hmm. because the out of the four girls books that we've looked at I think this is the worst by like a long shot well you wouldn't be alone in thinking that because (laughs) in all of the bad reviews yeah it was this one is the worst this one's the weakest this one's the weak link I can't believe it. I don't understand what Jacqueline Wilson's sort of idea was with this book. I don't know what she's trying to say, like, at all. I mean, I got the feeling that she didn't read the other ones through again before writing this one. Yeah, agreed. Because there was a lot of, like, really out-of-character moments for certain characters. Really inconsistent. Really, really, yeah, super inconsistent. Things happened that, like, didn't make sense, mm-hmm. that made the book bad, whereas in the in the last book we read, a lot of um, the criticisms of it was that things happened that didn't make sense but and were stupid, but it kind of had to happen in order for there to be a plot, whereas in this one it was more like, why is this happening? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, God, it's so um, bad. Yeah. It's... Definitely, it's... Well, like I don't know like I, I, I tried to it was the same with him when I first read Love Lessons I was kind of trying not to nitpick because there was so much um bad stuff but and like the entire way through I don't know about you but I really thought the book was gonna go another way yeah so me too. when I was me looking too. at stuff I was like oh, okay well mm-hmm. if this is done in the right way this could actually be really good and really helpful because of how it ends, it's just the most problematic thing ever. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about because we haven't. Um, usually, when we meet up, we discuss the book a little bit before we start recording, but we haven't this time. Yeah, and I already know what you're on about because I wrote the same things in my notes. <laughs> um, like, if this happens, this is good, but I know that it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh god, it's so yeah. Bad. I feel like it's. Do I want to say it's love lessons level problematic? Um, I don't know because I think it it possibly is. I was say I was talking to um like my housemates about it, mm-hmm. and um I was like I, honestly I think this might be on the level because the problem with love lessons is as well like it's for young readers, and yeah. if you read that book, you'd come out with a really warped view of the subject. And yeah. I think that this book does the exact same thing. I think this book takes something really horrible and uh-huh. has a really horrible sort of, like, meaning and message about it. 
I agree. And yeah, I think that's a really good point. So that it goes hand in hand with what you were saying about how you thought it was going to go in a different direction. Yeah. That direction was the right direction, the direction that it should have gone in. Yeah. <laughs> End up happening. And what we predicted in the last episode. <laughs> Except we predicted it as a joke. We really <laughs> didn't expect it to take this um, turn. No, but I don't understand no. how. I don't understand how it took this turn. I don't understand how it could have got that this bad. I know. It's it's definitely a wild one. And yeah, I'm excited to know what you thought. Yeah. Because like I say, we haven't actually spoken about it at all, really. No, not at all, really. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting should we maybe read some of the reviews that we've got yeah oh, sorry um, um so what did you find um okay so when i was like first reading them it was um one, one person said like it felt really juvenile but um, yeah. almost verging on condescending but the subject yeah. matter itself um like verges on being too adult and i think we've talked about this before it's such mm-hmm. a simple narrative that really young readers could pick it up and enjoy it yeah. But it is very adult themes. Yeah, it's it's quite a jarring contrast between yeah what's going on and how it's being explained. Oh God, it's so like I don't know. Like if you're gonna have something that's so simple that mm-hmm. younger people can read it, at least if you're gonna confront these issues, confront them in a healthy way. <laughs> but I think honest though. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline Milson does that really really well yeah. it's used um like the simple narrative is used in a really effective way because yeah. it allows younger readers to understand quite difficult concepts yeah. but like in this book it's not been used effectively whatsoever yeah. and it's ended up kind of backfiring yeah it's just so, co- sort of come across like damaging instead yeah yeah and really like tone deaf oh as god well. yeah definitely it- as always, just like the like out of touch bits and mm-hmm. <sighs> this was definitely the worst. What about you? What reviews did you get? Um, so <laughs> Russell is sex crazed, disgusting, and jealous, and rude. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. Um, um, so a really in- I don't know if you found this one mm-hmm. interesting point that the format of the chapters because uh, did you have a physical copy or did you read it? No, online? I read it online. Um, okay. But I read it, it was still in, in like the chapters, like I could see the chapters and the chapter titles in this one. Yeah, right, okay, so the chapter titles, each one is Girls Cry mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. and the situation that happens in that chapter. So, for example, Girls Cry When, I can't think of one. Um, <laughs> girls die when their pets die, Girls Cry When They're Lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff like that. So somebody said... Um, that that format shaped the book too much and it was too restrictive. Yeah. Um, because it, I, I suppose it meant that Ellie had to cry in every chapter, mm-hmm. so there had to be a situation in that chapter that made Ellie cry. So it was too reliant on that, which I mean, I didn't really notice myself. And and I suppose the title of the book is Girls in Tears, and it's about you know feeling yeah very strong moments. Yeah, I, I think like. It never, like, I guess it, it never felt like some of the storylines that happened were forced, but I did notice that some of the chapters would feel like they'd be like a paragraph lo- long, and then other ones would be like, I don't know, like five pages. And I was, 
Mm. That maybe that was the only thing where I was like, oh, okay, maybe the chapters it's kind of written yeah. in a way to suit the chapters more than the actual story. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, I read another um, review saying it, um, it adheres to the stereotypes of teenage girls without saying anything at all about it. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, that is so true. Because it doesn't um, feel like there's any point to the things that happen. Mm. Like, like you know, there are other books. Um, for example, like they'll have like an abusive father or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's a meaning and a point in that character being in there because definitely um, it'll end in a way where you realize this, the character realizes this, and there's some sort of resolution. But every storyline mm-hmm. in this world, we've been like, oh. Well, you know, after we've read all the books, we can kind of review it and see how she's handled it. And I feel like some of the storylines yeah. didn't have a very good resolution, like, at all. Did you get any good reviews? I, I only wrote down one, and it was mm-hmm. um, just someone saying that she felt like the books really explained how teenage girls feel, and she felt like it was really reflective of actual problems teenage girls face. Um, To be honest sometimes yeah yeah, I definitely agree on some aspects and in others completely disagree because there's no real resolution no there's nothing to sort of say like if you relate with these situations what you should do it kind of just says like yep that's a really bad situation and it doesn't get any better which you know is the best but um yeah that point you just made about um other books the one that really sprung to mind when he said that was Cookie. Have you read Cookie? Um, I feel like I've read it ages ago, but I don't remember it. Well, in Cookie, her dad's really abusive. Yeah. And it gets to the point where she and her mum have to, like, basically flee. Mm-hmm. And her mum ends up with a really supportive, lovely, nice guy. So the character of the dad was there to be like, this isn't how your dad or your father figure should behave this isn't how he should act with your mother or with you and it things can get better and you can have a supportive father figure in your life whereas in this her dad is just abusive (laughs) and then it's just there and it ends and he's still abusive just like i thought the resolution with the dad was horrific in this because i felt like jacqueline wilson kind of tried to patch together one in like the last uh-huh. few paragraphs and mm-hmm. I was honestly my jaw was on the floor because I was like what does that even mean like that's yeah. just oh god we'll get on to that because it, I just thought it was I know cool. yeah um yeah also yeah victim blaming was oh, basically god, the, the theme the main theme of this book <laughs> um did god, you get any good okay. reviews from it only the standard like it's very well written it's typical Jacqueline Wilson really simple really well written really well explained mm-hmm. very easy to read it'll make you laugh it'll make you cry yeah all good reviews were somewhat along that line yeah I um, yeah nothing really like stood out as to why people liked it yeah that liked it it was just it seemed to be just your standard very nice Jacqueline Wilson book yeah um whereas the negative reviews were a lot more yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the negative reviews there was a lot more specific like themes or characters or mm-hmm. plot points that people didn't like and had a problem with which I completely see understand yeah I think the main sort of point I got from the reviews is a lot of people were saying like a lot of people were similar to us like rereading it 
and they mm-hmm. were saying okay maybe this somehow I, I still don't know how but somehow <laughs> was fine in 2002 but it's not aged well at all no and yeah. this sort of book if like if this sort of book's like in like a school library again oh uh, exactly just, it's it's uncomfy just even then like if the things of this book were kind of debatable or like implied mm-hmm. or weren't as overt as they are yeah. then maybe like okay yeah maybe we're just reading into it too deep maybe you know it was brushed over back then and we're just a bit more conscious of um things like abusive relationships now but it literally like you can't read it any other way yeah like there's nothing that can like it, like it's what you say it's a bit so overt with it it's so obvious in the way it tells like the character of Russell for example I don't understand yeah. how it ended in the way it did because it's not like she was glossing over anything out of all the blurbs I'd say maybe this was the most um reflective of the actual story but I mean that isn't saying much because all the blurbs <laughs> have been ridiculous <laughs> um mm-hmm. Ellie, Magda and Nadine are back, but they're not very happy. Ellie's glorious romance with Russell is teetering on the rocks. Magda's lost her pet and is desperately upset, though the others didn't even know she she still had a hamster. Nadine's fed up with the other two lecturing her about the dangers of meeting up with someone on the internet. She thinks her email boyfriend sounds wonderful. Buckets of tears are webbed and hundreds of tissues sniffled into. Can the girls' friendship survive these testing times? A superb fourth instalment in the girls' series following Girls in Love, Girls Under Pressure and Girls Out Late. A perfect read for older older fans from the best-selling author Jacqueline Wilson. Hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I at least it gives an really? overview of what happens, whereas I feel like Girls Out Late didn't at all. No, yeah, Girls Out Late's blurb was really, really irrelevant <laughs> Yeah, like, at least for this one, like, yeah, you know what, fair enough, they do cry. Yeah, they, they, they really do cry. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the Magda losing her pet is like debatable as to how important that is to what. Yeah, happens. I still don't understand the relevance of that at all. But yeah, just like because I thought Greg, like it might have led to Greg being in it again, but then it didn't. yeah, it was so strange like the way that it kept popping up as well later on in the book and I was like shut up like there is a really serious storyline going on and Magda would just bang on about fudge and I'd be like no we don't care oh my god it's so bad right so I feel like we're giving a lot away (laughs) so she's going um and we will start with chapter one Chapter 1. Ellie is very happy because she has some good news that she wants to tell Magda and Nadine. At breakfast with her family, it's apparent that she has something on her hand that she wants to show off, but she can't due to her ongoing family drama. Anna is stressed with work and makes eggs cry before having an argument with Dad. Ellie is worried that their marriage may be collapsing. On the way to school, she bumps into Dream Dan again, but now she only has eyes for Russell and thinks about how in love with him she is. At school, Nadine tells Ellie she has something to tell her before she can tell Nadine her news. So, something I noticed mm-hmm. was that how you said in the last episode, it's repetitive. Yeah. Um, Beginning-wise, it's always they're going somewhere and 
um, Magda has a new <laughs> like paper clothing. Nadine's probably going to check out the tag on it. <laughs> Whistles. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we, this time we start um, at the breakfast mm-hmm. table, which is always a nice way to start a book, I think. Yeah. And we learn that Anna, Anna's knitwear business is going yeah. really well, but it means she's really stressed. And a dad doesn't seem to be too happy about that. Yeah, I'm glad that Anna's business has clearly got more successful. I think, mm-hmm. it, yeah, I think it's a good way to start. And I liked how, I don't know, I liked how Ellie was um, excited. She started the book happy. Um, yeah. It didn't give, like, it didn't go away from too much from where the last one ended, I guess, whereas some of us have. Um, yeah. I thought. Um, yeah. The one thing I am going to comment on: Did you notice that the language used in maybe like the first page, or maybe like the first page and a half, was really different to the rest of the, the text in the like the rest of the book? Because like I don't like when I was reading it, I was like, it's it's written like in a really wordy way. I didn't notice Because I, I read it and I was like, um, oh, okay. She, like, changed her style, like, a little bit. I don't know, the first page, like, I mean, it was, you know, similar to what she usually does, where it's simple narrative and then every now and then she'll throw out, like, a really, like, one word, like, um... Yeah. Ellie ever saw ever, ever, ever... Oh, God, I can't say it. Ellie ever saw effervescent <laughs> and, like... Oh yeah, I know. I definitely highlighted that because I was like, I didn't really not know what that. <laughs> I don't know. I was just kind of like, I thought it was weird because it was just the first page. Mm. But yeah, but I mean, the actual beginning, I guess, for the yeah. way it starts, you know what? Good. <laughs> yeah, I I liked the the one bit that I really liked that I highlighted was um. So Ellie has a ring on her finger that Russell mm-hmm. gave her, and that's what she wants to show off to her friends. And she's also trying to kind of discreetly show it off at the breakfast table with her, with her family. And she it gets to the point where she's like kind of holding her hand out, but not really out in front of Anna. But Anna is just so tired and stressed that she like stares at the ring and then like her eyes are blank and she yeah. doesn't say anything. <laughs> I, like how, um, it, I like how everything like that shows how isolated Ellie is, like how yeah. she's trying so hard to just have a little bit of attention and I don't know, Ellie's so lonely, it's so sad. Yeah. But, um, I also, it kind of shows that Anna is being totally consumed mm-hmm. by her work to the point where, like, she doesn't know it, like, she would be curious as to why Ellie's wearing a ring on her yeah. finger. <laughs> but, but she's just like, nah. And it also kind of implies that Anna is working really, really hard to further a career and do great things and get away yeah, from a whole She's still thing, expected but... to be this like perfect housewife. And at first I was like Oh my god. This this was the only kind of like bad like one of the bad things I found about this chapter was um Yeah. I feel like Anna's antagonized a lot in it because for example, like eggs, like a little brother, has a cold. And then it's mentioned that Eggs yeah. has a cold because Anna's so busy, she can't be cleaning and he's got this cold oh because God. of it because, you know, Anna's a neglectful mother, apparently. And it's, uh-huh. I don't know, I didn't like that. And I didn't like how 
I mean, I know that it is implied that the dad is lazy and that's bad, but I felt like there was still a yeah. sort of subtle, like, dig at Anna. Um, yeah. Especially right here at the beginning. Disappointed but not surprised in the dad because yeah. literally three pages in, he starts going off on Anna like, oh, let's find the line. Why on earth have we run out of everything like tissues and butter? I would have thought they were basic domestic necessities. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, it's not... It's not Anna's job to know at every moment when things are running out. And if he's noticed, why doesn't he buy the butter? Like, yeah, Ellie like kind of mentioned, she's like, oh, why doesn't Dad do it? But apart from that, everything else points to the idea that Anna's too consumed with work to look after them. And I'm like, why does, should she have to look after this middle-aged man? Like, and then everyone knows how busy mm-hmm. she is as well like it's very obvious that she's busy and they're still just it's just like oh god Annie, yeah. you're slipping you're not doing your job you're not doing what oh, you should just, be it's really frustrating i found yet yeah, um mm-hmm. i are we should i say what's good maybe or going to the bad um i've i've got a few bits of good i've just kind of been going through it through the okay. lines yeah just go, um go through. so you know when Ellie mentions a mum in this chapter, uh, like I, I mm, noted it down yeah. there. I guess it's good that Ellie mm-hmm. has finally sort of after all these four books of struggling between the sort of relationship relationship she has with the mum and Anna. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that she starts this book being like, okay, I've finally sort of come to terms with the idea that I can love my mum and still like like and have a relationship with Anna. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> the bad thing I also noticed about this bit in the chapter was Ellie says mm-hmm. that she likes to talk to her mum inside of her head and she talks back to me. I literally... <laughs> and I was like, where? Where? Did, <laughs> when? Where? This, is never, this is, might have happened once in the first book. I know, I know. <laughs> My note is when, question mark. It's inconsistencies like that, which, like, you, you were saying, like, you don't feel like she had reread the books before, and I, I agree because there's so many moments where it was kind of like, um, I don't remember that. And you know what? I would have loved to have seen God, yeah. that, like the contrast between her her like own manifestation of her mom and how she would behave compared to how yeah. her dad behaves. I feel like it could really have helped us. I think it would have been really helpful for for her to write Ellie's character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like, I was just like, okay, don't include that because we haven't seen (laughs) Ellie and Mam speak to each other at all, really. There's constant inconsistencies in it. Um, Another Mm. inconsistency was like straight after it's back to discussing or eating disorder. And I can't oh my God, even. That do you know what quote I'm talking about? Is it? I did go on this crazy oh, diet last term, and it drove me well, crazy one, too. The one before that, where I was saying like, um, the first um page was really wordy. Uh, she says, "I am mm. of great galumphing." <laughs> I, I don't know how to pronounce what? this word. <laughs> I I am of great galumphing. If I could um proportions i don't know if i'm just stupid but i've never heard that word and again what find it uh, 
she's just yeah. it's just like she'll constantly like go into massive detail about how fat she is and it's really vivid descriptions and then follow it up with yeah one of this absolutely wacky diet and it's sure i know yeah because um, that quote when she was saying like the one you were just saying um yeah when the crazy diet drove everyone crazy um yeah. crazy. Um, I certainly wouldn't eat banana. And then she mentions how many calories are in a banana, and I was like, oh, for God's sake! Like, <laughs> yeah. again, don't call it a diet. It wasn't a diet. Calling it a diet, you run the risk of people reading this who have eating disorders being like, oh, it's yeah. Fine. It's and like, I also don't like this idea where she's like, oh, I drove everyone crazy, and it's like you shouldn't have yeah, to. Exactly like be like oh no my eating disorder annoyed everyone like that's so sad and like I yeah. can kind of like obviously this is written in a very sort of Jacqueline Wilson way where you like you just take it as you read it mm-hmm. but I guess if you're looking at it from Eddie's perspective she has been mm-hmm. conditioned by everyone in her life to downplay all yeah. the stuff that happens to her so I can understand mm-hmm. but then again yeah if you're not gonna have any person in this entire book that recognises that this is a problem and you should do something about it and you can get help for mm. it. I think it's really damaging. Yeah, exactly. Like, to be fair, you're right, Ellie probably would think like that because that's what everybody was yeah, telling like her. Yeah, she's only 13 and, like, even, like, Anna and her dad are, like, still ramming it into her head that it's just a crazy diet and she's so stupid, crazy. And self yeah and it's it's even kind of like i felt like in girls out late it kind of tried to reassure the reader that the eating disorder was just a diet and it just got a bit out of hand but Mm -hmm. i feel like in this book she does touch on like ideas of relapsing which again makes me feel like it's so inconsistent i don't know like who the characters actually are yeah, like it obviously she's still struggling with it, so therefore it's not a crazy diet, it's something that's much like more yeah, serious. Yeah, I wish mentioned it because I think when she does talk of relapsing later in the book, it makes so much sense, and I feel like some parts of it are really mm-hmm. well written. I really like oh, Myrtle Mouse. <laughs> I am such a oh. fan of Myrtle Mouse, like. And oh, like I wish she was real. <laughs> she sounds like the cutest yeah. thing in the world. We're introduced to Myrtle Mouse, who is like a running, um, kind of symbolic theme in this book, and she is a mouse, a cartoon mouse that Ellie's mom would draw Ellie, and um, kind of I'm assuming like write little children's books, um, specifically for Ellie, and yeah. But I did, right, I did think Myrtle Mouse in this book means yeah. everything to Ellie. Absolutely everything to Ellie. Like, there isn't a chapter, I don't think, where she's not mentioned how much she kind of um, remembers her mouth yeah. through Myrtle Mouse. However, Myrtle Mouse has but not I been was, in any I of the other books. Because, like, when she's obviously mentioned it, like, so much, I'm like, why isn't why hasn't this been mentioned before and i was like M- has it and i just yeah. like haven't remembered but if we both don't no surely it hasn't because like she talks about ellie no. belly all i know it's ellie belly ellie ellie yeah. the elephant she talks about ellie like the elephant all the time 
And she talks about her mum all the time. She talks about her mum telling her stories. And I'm like, why wouldn't Myrtle have been brought before? Um. Oh yeah, completely. Because like, Myrtle is a big part in this. Um. Yeah. yeah. Um. But apart from that, Myrtle's introduction, I liked. It yeah. was a really cute description. Like, but then it goes on to her saying, "I suddenly feel a pang thinking about Myrtle." As in, like, she kind of feels sad to think even thinking yeah. about her because it reminds her of a man. Unless she just hasn't thought about Myrtle throughout the course of the three previous books because she just yeah, maybe. Sad and thinking now about maybe a man. like, I don't know because obviously I feel like in this book Ellie goes through so much she's kind of leaning on mm-hmm. Myrtle because she feels like everything else has been taken yeah. away from her, which honestly completely understandable. Yeah. But um no, yeah. I was surprised that Myrtle hadn't been mentioned in any other book because she's such an important part of this story. And because it's not like I know obviously it's very consistent when she said she talks to a man because she doesn't. But like she brings up a man yeah. and I'm surprised she hasn't brought yeah. up Myrtle before. Because of that. Yeah, exactly. Because there's such a strong link between yeah. her mum and Myrtle, that really her mum and Myrtle kind of go hand yeah, in hand. Like, almost. It makes complete sense as well because, um, like there's one bit I liked when she says like, "Oh, everyone thought I got I got, I got my artistic side from my dad, but like you know my mum's artistic too." And I'm like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. your mum went to art college, but like she's just kind of been like brushed aside yeah. because like she was a student and these such a control freak." Yeah. Her talents, like Anna, kind of brushed to the side. <laughs> Chapter 2. Ellie is annoyed at Nadine for upstaging her, claiming that this is something that Nadine has always done. Nadine tells Ellie that she's met an amazing guy, but Ellie isn't listening. Nadine asks Ellie why she's wearing a tacky kid's ring, revealing that the thing Ellie was excited about was a ring that Russell bought her. What Nadine says offends Ellie, and she starts to cry. Nadine gently tells her that it's only a freebie ring from a kid's magazine. And Ellie deduces that Russell must have ripped it from the front of a magazine whilst on his paper round. Even though she's disappointed that Russell hasn't been honest with her, she says she doesn't care because he still got it for her. Magda then walks into class looking really upset. Right. So, what's the talk oh my about God, I, I hate it. Book? I hate it so much. And, like, I know we've talked about this before about how yeah. the entire girls' series is literally based on these girls' like friendship with each other and they're horrible friends to each other i don't yeah. know why they're friends and even like if this is like yeah, a standalone yeah. book i don't think there's one nice thing that there's, there's one line actually and i know it down it's the one nice line they say about each other um the first yeah. thing she says is like about nadine this is so typical of nadine i love her dearly but she always has to upstage me and it's mm-hmm. ugh, it's constantly like they hate each other they just actually hate each other the thing is, though, Nadine was a good character, and then in this book, it's like oh, she's and a even the descriptions of Nadine don't make sense. Like about her personality, Ellie describes her. Yeah, I know. As I remembered it because I was like, "What?" She says, "Oh, Nadine's a bit bitchy though, and she's a bit too wild." And I was like, I know. "Where? Where? Where has that been, Nadine?" Yeah. It's um kind of like what we were saying before about how Ellie says so much in this book. We're best friends. We love each other so much. Mm-hmm. We're we're friends forever, but we never see any like real, um, kind of instances of yeah. genuinely loving each other. 
I think the best time we saw it was in the first book where um, Magda and Ellie helped Nadine yeah. out after she's been drugged. And ever since then, oh, it's really yeah, just like, gone down. Where, it broke my heart, actually, because there'd be parts where, like, Ellie and Nadine, no, Magda and Nadine would do the bare minimum, like, the the bar is on the floor, and Ellie would be like, yeah. oh my god, that would be really mm-hmm. nice to me. And I was like, no, that's something that I'd expect an acquaintance to do. That is not something a young girl should read in a book. <laughs> I mean, like, I-, I want friends like that. Like, no, that... <laughs> Oh, you shouldn't aim to have friends like yeah. um, Nadine and Magda because they're horrible. No, but then at the same time, Ellie and Nadine have been just as oh god, like, yeah, exclusionary. And, um, yeah, like like yeah, in this book, obviously Magda. it's kind of a thing where Nadine and Magda kind of go off together, and obviously it's horrible for Ellie. Yeah. But they've done this to Magda the entire book. It's like, for example, I think in this chapter actually. Um, it's mentioned where Ellie goes oh I could never decide who I like more Nadine or Magda but then later on in the book she goes okay maybe mm-hmm. I like Nadine a teeny bit more and I'm like yeah obviously like yeah, like obviously that's the truth because you've <laughs> been kind of excluding Magda this whole time yeah yeah like um, tell like Elliot gets so sad and hurt in this book when she's excluded from information mm. that the two of them know and she doesn't but in the first book, yeah, they they do the same thing to Magda. For for that to happen in the first book, I can kind of forgive because I would yeah. have assumed that there'd be some growth. But it happens in this book. No, no growth. I, I don't no understand. Growth. I think it would have been a would this would have, this book would have been a good book if Elliot ended completely by herself with no friends, no boyfriend, and yeah. no family, which is obviously. <laughs> horrible <laughs> but, that is very very yes, strange honestly, if it was just ellie and anna it would have been a better book it, it would have been because no one is worth her time honestly <laughs> um mm-hmm. no i do agree with you um um yeah i, I did um, like in this chapter i mean i did like the descriptions that she gave of Nadine and Nadine's clothes and the doll, I actually really liked it. Um, it's again why I do think yeah. when we read the books that she has for younger people, I think they'll be better because when she describes things like dolls and like dresses mm-hmm. and like stuff like that, she's so vivid and descriptive that I think that um, she actually does it quite well. Yeah, her descriptions are always lovely. Like. I can't lie. Yeah, it's, like things are always really. It's just really weird because nice. that's wedged between um, like really ugly, chunky, no. like clunky dialect. There are a lot of inconsistencies that are really hard to ignore when you've just mm-hmm. read the preceding book. Like Nadine's character changes. It doesn't make any sense. Like so um, much. she she describes Magda as being the better friend. Um. And I just, mm-hmm. I didn't know where that came from because the entire way through, like even in the last book, Magda was a pretty awful friend and is very insensitive. Whereas yeah. it appears like the, Nadine's the insensitive one in this one. It feels yeah. like her and Magda kind of like, I'm, I don't know, because Magda was still very Magda, I guess. But Nadine just seemed to adopt an entirely new personality. Because we used to really like Nadine. Ellie cries in this book because Nadine says that a ring yeah. that Russell got her is tacky. And she cries because she says it was tacky, which 
I mean, there's worse. There's worse things to describe something. It's yeah, it's not a horrible word. And belly cry, which I liked because it's again um, something that mm-hmm. isn't major. Yeah, but I, like I, 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 I agree with you. Actually, I think the small plots in this, like the idea that she thought it was like this really expensive ring, and turns out it was at the front of a kids' magazine. It, it was. It yeah. felt really real. I guess. Yeah, and like she associates, oh, and it's it's so bad that she does this. Like it's so horrible that she does this. Like the uh, Russell, yeah, buying a love basically. Like oh yeah, he got me this because he loves me, and because he got me this, it means that he mm-hmm. must treat me well because he's got me something. When that really isn't the case, like no. you shouldn't have to buy people love. He's the Russell worst. Is awful. Russell is trash. It would upset her, and I see why she cried. Um, yeah, I liked it. it. It kind of reminded me of how she reacted to having to choose between going to the concert or going to the dance. Like, it's not a huge decision, but it, it filled her with so much it, dread yeah, and anxiety because felt. to her it was. Yeah, I like I liked it, actually. I, re- I did yeah, like that uh, that happened, and I liked that she, like, even... That ring that like was yeah tacky free thing from a magazine. She kept on wearing it because mm-hmm. she's just wholesome and <laughs> was just like oh well it's the sentiment and yeah. you know even though she's constantly humiliated by her friends because they love to humiliate her, she still's wearing it still wears it. Though it makes her finger green. Um, what did you um, get? Did you get anything so, good or bad? Yeah, I was kind of just um. I got the good with just the descriptions, I guess. Um, some of the bad stuff, um, yeah. I guess it was it was more yikes, actually, was she's saying that um, Russell has never tried to talk her into going too far with him. And I was like, no, he has. Like, he really yeah, did in sure. the last book. Um, and again, I think it yeah. is damaging to kind of suggest that because what, what does that say if you mm-hmm. relate to her? Um, yeah. And then also it's so like it's so like red flag central where bless her, she's like getting excited about this idea that she's um gonna have this like art piece with the vegetables making up a portrait. And then she says, I was pretty proud oh of the original God. idea, but it when is... I told Russell he was rather it, he was rather crushing. He told me about some ancient Italian artist who'd done this centuries before and I was like, Oh god, I hate him. Yeah, like that it doesn't matter that some Italian artist did it centuries before. Like it's not that deep. She just yeah, he's to do just it for a schoolwork and, and lecturer. Like he's quite similar to um a dad, I think, yeah. in that way. Like he const- she's constantly getting um, yeah. lectured yeah. by the guys in her life, and I feel like if that was um condemned mm-hmm. a bit, it'd be all right. But whenever it is, I think there's a there's a bit where oh god, it's maybe a teacher or a friend's mum is like oh well that's just what guys are like and I was like what is is that the justification like is that yeah how we have to live with that like oh god the only other thing I got was a yeah. bit of yikes relating oh, to god, Nadine yeah. and Liam but which if you remember um if you've seen our other uh episodes Liam was the guy who Nadine was with who was um really 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 bad he drugged her and tried to um, kind of have sex with her whilst she was drugged, really like pressuring her into having sex when she didn't want to. 
And what Ellie says about Liam is, Liam is a total jerk, but he is good looking and he's 18. Um, they broke up because Nadine found out all the bad things about him, but she still seems to think about God. him wistfully. Which, like, it doesn't... Like, why does him being 18 and being good-looking override the fact it's... that he scared Nadine mm-hmm. and multiple other girls for, like... God, he's like, a 12-year-old girl in and like, it's the same yeah. energy as in the last one when Ma- Magda was like, "Oh, he's a good bum, though." And it's like, don't downplay like the seriousness mm. of it. And like, I don't really think Nadine's gonna Absolutely. appreciate someone who was obviously uh, put so much trauma into her life, just kind of like joking about like, "Oh, he's still attractive. Oh, he's yeah. eighteen. Like, I don't know. It's it just downplays it, doesn't it? It really like invalidates the pain yeah. that she went through." Exactly. And then again, she says, Nadine always seems to get wild, mm-hmm. weird boys who treat her like dirt. Which puts Nadine in the position of she's getting them. Like, it's in, she's intending to go out and get those boys. It's mm-hmm. her fault because she gets them. Oh. When it's actually not her fault in the slightest, that it just so happens that the two people that she's been with i don't even oh know my how God, the yeah. second one the guy in the van like I, yeah like i don't um i mean absolutely horrible people no. like, the girls comfort magda who is hysterical she explains that she and her ex-boyfriend greg who she is interested interested in talking to again were trying to breed their hamsters when hers fell down the stairs and died the girls agree to arrange a funeral for her after school Magda notices the ring, but Nadine says it's off a kid's comic. Ellie, again, says she doesn't care because Russell got her it. I know. What was the she point in the chapter? simply so she could put in the <laughs> chapter title, girls cry when their pets die. I honestly think that was the only reason it was included. Do you, you know what? Like, that doesn't sound too crazy because I can't... This chapter, by the way, is <laughs> six pages long. Which is very, very short. Nothing really happens plot-wise apart from the arrange yeah. the hamster's funeral, which can't go God, what to did you, did you get any good? Um, oh, yeah, I got, like, um, Ellie says how she cries when she is, when she feels, like, <laughs> uh, when people shout at her, she cries. <laughs> which, same. <laughs> um, and that she like cries when she sees cute things, which again, oh. same, very relatable. I like that. Um, yeah, I just it was it was all a bit. Um, <laughs> it made me laugh. Like I put things as good, but like, the story good because they made me laugh. Like this, yeah, like this line. Greg's little boy hamster was there, looking a bit shifty, like he'd just got his paw over and was now wanting to go and join his mates and boast. Like, Magda goes into so much detail about her hamster's sex life. God, it made me feel a bit dirty reading it. Okay, the crux of the chapter is Magda explains in great detail about how yeah. they're trying to breed the and hamsters and funny. hers fell downstairs. And, <laughs> yeah... 
like I didn't want to I didn't want to laugh oh it was so funny it was amusing to me fudge died because i was like wait what is gonna happen like how is fudge gonna die it's like oh she she threw herself down the stairs like what (laughs) and were they in a cage oh god i mean the one good thing i got like one good thing from this chapter but i mean if you i mean against the rest of the book it means nothing but i found this little quote where she says, I forgot mm-hmm. Russell and his ring. Nadine forgets about her new Mr. Wonderful. Okay, like, they are good friends in this chapter because, like, they see Magda crying yeah. and then I guess they go over, um, you know, again, bare minimum yeah. stuff, but at least they did. At least they weren't like, oh, Magda's yeah. crying, like, haha, as if probably about a boy, which honestly wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah, Nadine as well. Yeah. Nadine is horrible in this chapter as well, man. I'm just reading through it, like... So, Magda's telling this story in tears about how a hamster dies, and then every often Nadine would just put in, like, oh, did she get... Um, did the other hamster tear it to shreds? Did um, the what other hamster Magda squish it to death falling. into a pancake? Yeah, she, and they're like, oh, stop being such a good yeah. Nadine. And I was like, um, what? Yeah, I was thinking, um, like, we haven't discussed this, Yeah, and I wouldn't really know myself, but this must be horrible (laughs) representation of goths. Oh, like, just like the, like, whole situation, like, like, they love, oh, for example, oh god, we'll get onto it after, there's another line that's kind of like, Nadine's a goth, but, um, no, it's that constant, like, shoving it down our throats. Nadine's a goth. She likes wearing black velvet, yeah, and therefore likes death. Like, yeah, she she likes being horrible and insensitive to her friends after a friend's just lost a pet because she's a goth yeah. and goths love death. Like, I don't know if I'm going too far into it, but I did think when I was reading, like, if I was a goth reading this, I'd be like, that's not me. Yeah, like, well, that's not representation of that review the said that we were looking at, at where it was like, um. It's just, it, like, shows stereotypes in the most, like, normal way that's been shown a million times before, but doesn't say anything else about it. Um, uh. Yeah, well, like, the whole Nadine yeah. thing, um, <laughs> wanting to kill and, like, death and all this, this quote is the the one thing that I picked up out of this chapter is the most funny, but, like, weirdly written thing ever. So, Nadine's crying. Okay. No, Magda's crying. Yeah. And she goes, I've killed her. And straight away, dead casually, Ellie's like, oh, well, Nadine's always threatened to, threatened to kill people, but Mag just never seemed remotely homicidal. And I was like, what? You just straight away, like, yeah, she, she probably <laughs> killed someone, but she never seemed to want to. It was always Nadine, I thought, that would kill a man. And I was like, what? Russell is waiting for Ellie outside school. Nadine reveals that her new boyfriend, Ellis, is 19, which immediately worries Ellie and Magda. Ellie realises that her plans with Russell mean that she can't attend the hamster funeral, which annoys her friends. This conversation goes on for a while and Russell walks off, thinking that he's been pied off for Nadine and Magda. He is annoyed at Ellie for spending so much time with her friends, but she quickly forgives him, rationalising that Russell is her soulmate that makes their way over to Russell's house. Hey, Russell. So Russell's back. <laughs> Did you get any good from this chapter? 
Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, right, okay. Yes, I got one good thing, which. So, <laughs> the same thing happens to Russell that happens to Liam in the first book where he starts waving <laughs> and the girls keep having a conversation. Yeah, like, like how ages, long has this man been waving for? <laughs> like, I just imagine, like, oh god, I get such like a vivid picture of Russell just stood <laughs> stood there for five LA. minutes, <laughs> like LA. Oh my god, come talk to me. And then he finally gets bored and walks off. But um, uh, I mean, that is yeah, that's again that is funny. all good. Um, other. Yeah, and another funny thing is uh, the oh amount of times God. that Ellie says, oh, I, I finger I my ring. I tried to end it like that as well, and I was like, shut up, I, I want to stop reading this book. <laughs> is there any need for that verb to be used? At mm. least, honestly, probably about 20 times in every book. No. Yeah, also, um, Ellie does yeah. defend Magda from Russell in this chapter, which is good. Because um, Russell, as we know, Russell hates... Um, Nadine and Magda because he's jealous of them and he doesn't like that Ellie spends a lot of her time with them and she he says about um, Nadine and Magda I don't know what you see in them that Nadine looks like she hangs upside down in a back cave and asks for Magda in italics and then Ellie says what about Magda and then she and then he says um, she looks so obvious all that makeup and stuff and her and then like kind of points to his chest area um, and then Ellie says she isn't wearing any makeup today and she can't help her figure, you know, I wish I looked like Magda. Um, yeah, I, I am which, really like, glad that Ellie does. Because yeah. even though this book didn't end in a way that I would have liked it to, I do like that Ellie sticks up for herself more in this mm-hmm. chapter in ways where I think maybe it could be helpful. So like that, for example, yeah. shows that um, Russell's behaviour there isn't justified, I guess. But um, again... All this sort of stuff, like yeah. in being really angry at her and like gaslighting her, being like, you had me waiting half an hour and like be like, I don't know, it's so like if this ended in a way mm-hmm. where she had nothing to do with Russell, it would have been so good because it's showing this gradual building up of like the abuse. But because it, because he, this isn't recognized, instead yeah, it just does the definitely. opposite effect. And like anyone that relates to this, it's kind of like, well, no, you can still have a beautiful relationship even if you like this, which isn't the truth at all. But um, yeah, I don't know. The whole... It's so, it's so crazy because she says like she recognizes mm-hmm. the red flags multiple times. I mean, I suppose it is sort of reflective of real life where in abusive relationships the red flags are recognized and yet the person still stays yeah. with the abuser but then again, it's not even like everyone else well, in her life like nadina magda even at the end like oh well he's nuts about you get with him and it kind of has this idea that if someone says they love you yeah. that much and if someone says they're crazy about you that justifies everything else I, I, that was the kind of message uh-huh. i got from this anyway yeah which is obviously really yeah. damaging to anyone not, not especially young readers oh, but to oh. anyone that's really damaging like, I really, I could feel for Ellie and also understand her feelings. So she talks about how lonely she is in this chapter. Um, and again, she yeah. just, it's this also happens in Girls Out Late. She kind of tries to figure out why she has this loneliness. And she again pins it down to after her mum died, she has had this sort of like hole in her, which is why she 
leaned mm-hmm. so much on Russell because her friends aren't supportive of her. Her family kind of exclude her still. Yeah. So obviously she's going to lean back onto this person yeah. that isn't necessarily good for her, but it makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe the fact that she's not close to her dad mm-hmm. started from then as well. Like that, it's not like a teenage thing that she's she didn't get on with her dad. It's uh, going back to feeling alone after her mum died because her dad was emotionally unavailable and didn't yeah. help her grieve properly. Which means that now... Yeah, the only way that she doesn't feel alone is when she's with Russell, which is really horrible yeah. because Russell is awful to her. But it makes it makes a lot of sense, I think. But it's just sad that stuff like mm-hmm. that makes complete sense. Yet she still, at the end, has hope for their like relationship. I don't know. I think it's yeah. she could have she could have done so much more with this story. I think. I think that's the only thing. Like it could have been really good. I think. Definitely, definitely. But then again, there is there yeah. is a lot that she had to make right, mm-hmm. like with the family, the yeah, with the friends. Yeah, that's why I was saying like the only way I could have seen it actually with work a, out was if she abandoned everyone. <laughs> yeah, even mm-hmm. um, like Ellie's mental health needed kind of a solution to it that we didn't really get, other than. I'm happy now. Yeah, I mean, and like, we're probably going to get back together. The eating disorder stuff is kind of just like guess that she's okay. Like, oh, like yeah, it seems like she's fine. Yeah. There was also obviously a lot of bad and a lot of yikes in this chapter. Um, as for the bad, yeah, oh God, it's the friendship again. Like, how bad friends like Nadine and Magda, like um, Magda and Nadine do not look impressed. Like, oh, shock and. Um, Nadine's like, why don't you get him to have a haircut? And like, oh, are you sure he's even in year eleven? He looks so much younger. I'm like, oh, you're never happy for each other ever. Like, you're so nasty. And like, she's like, bless Ellie. She's like, oh, um, I know they're just trying to wind me up, but it really does hurt. And I was like, well, yeah, because they they're doing it in a way where if you actually said something to them, they do this whole thing where they're like, oh, no, we're just saying Ellie, but they're doing it to hurt her. But then Ellie's just like, no, I love mm. them. I love them. I really love them. Even when later on they both yeah. do horrible things to Ellie, she would rather take them than. Yeah, that's the issue. Like she, she hasn't does. got any other options. Like she feels like she's left without them because yeah. they shouldn't be friends at all. Like I don't feel like this is a good friendship, and I don't understand how this can be like a funny teenage book about the troubles teenagers come across as friends because. Yeah. And, like, this whole idea that they're still going to, like, live together at uni and stuff, like, no, like, they're bad friends. I understand that, like, yeah. there needs to be conflict and it's not realistic to say, well, teenage yeah. teenagers never fall out. Um, but, yeah, well, this, this I was yeah, kind of trying to it, think like that when I was writing it. I was kind of like, well, it's not like she could have wrote this, like, perfect friendship. But I also think this friendship is mm-hmm. so toxic that, like, they never make each other happy and they constantly tear each other down. I don't understand why this friendship should be, like, idealised because there's nothing good about it. Like, if there's even a bit of good where they at least make each other feel good sometimes, but I don't see any of that. Yeah. No, not at all. No. It's, um, well, it never happens. It's the thing, like, it... It's never there. And in Ellie is mm-hmm. 
bad for it as well. Like in this chapter, she says, um, "Yeah, didn't you like, learn your lesson with Liam?" Again, pinning the blame of Nadine being mm-hmm. in an abusive relationship with Liam on Nadine. No. Like that is not on Nadine at all. Nadine says about Ellis, "He's only five years older mm-hmm. than me. It's no big deal." And Ellie no doesn't say anything. <laughs> what Ellie's sad about is the fact that she's still thirteen, whereas they're fourteen, and that mm-hmm. feels like it's so much younger. She doesn't think like no, no, nineteen is too old. Yeah, it's inappropriate. It's also illegal. No, nineteen-year-old should want to be in a relationship. It's, it's, with I, I, sort I, I hate this whole comment. like every relationship that Russell like. Oh, did you realise that Russell was I am using year hmm. 11 but there I like I, I, we might have talked about this before but it was this chapter for me that made me realise like oh god Ellie's 13 and Russell's 16 yeah yeah I know like, like Russell yeah, is that's 16 as well. and I don't know I was just like oh god like that's gross but that's never even kind of mentioned that it's gross but like that's like if you think about that that's like like so young at 13 like uh, no like it's just really creepy and weird and illegal yeah Nadine also has this really like damaging thing of her her schoolboy thing like how yeah. she wouldn't dare go out with a schoolboy she wouldn't be dead with a schoolboy um which yeah Nadine's meant to be really cool so children reading this maybe like Oh, I wouldn't want to be seen dead with a schoolboy either. I'm gonna no, I, try I and endeavor I think, to get an older boyfriend. Really normalizes the idea that be there. Like, girls don't want to be with schoolboys. But at thirteen, like, well, if they're not in school, like, how old are they? Like, that's so weird. It's quite yeah, a dangerous thing to say. I think, especially like. Jacqueline Wilson's reach mm-hmm. and influence is such that if they read it in a Jacqueline Wilson book, they might be like, "Oh well, that's how it. That's that's good. That means that that's what I should do." Which I suppose, I mean, the boys that Nadine ends up with meet and yeah. never good are always horrible to her. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it shows that you shouldn't do that. Yeah, but definitely. Make it more because it's 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 exaggerated you... by every character in the book. You They're make... like, "Oh, I wouldn't be seen dead with a silly schoolboy." And even Ellie's self conscious of being with someone who's still yeah. in school, but he's sixteen. And I don't know. I thought it was really weird. I know. Yeah, and again, um, schoolboys themselves are portrayed really yeah. badly in this. Like in the whole thing, Dan is has no social skills and is an idiot and a doofus mm-hmm. all of russell's friends are awful the um um who else is a teenage like boy greg um is awful greg is like weedy and awful those yeah. little kids at the bus stop in the first book and um, uh creeps awful <laughs> like there's no just no. like normal 14 year old boys in this book apparently Oh, Which one? Yeah. Oh God, I've got a big yikes. <laughs> Just flip 
skipped over to the last page and I was like, oh God. Ellie's saying, I can understand Russell yeah. getting fed up because I spend so much time with him, but he's a look at to look at me to see who comes first. First in last no, all exactly the stages in between. It's so, I, I wrote that down and I just wrote like red flags all over. Like He's really manipulated her and it's, it's shown that it's, it's worked because she's kind of like being like, oh, okay, well, I understand and she shouldn't she shouldn't because it's bang out of yeah. order and it's not understandable it's but because again i don't think that's ever properly condemned it's shown that that's normal so no. it normalizes that kind of situation which is oh god yeah. it's so bad like your significant no, other not at all and like to isolate you to constantly friends. just be hating on your friends and putting them down like I know. like again like if this was written in a different way right. i guess it, you could say it'd be good for like showing the little signs like at first he's just like oh you and your girly gang and it kind like, of builds like it's it's not yeah. written in a, like a horrifically bad way like all sudden it, it's done in a really gradual way but it's never shown as a bad thing which is so weird i totally thought it was going in that direction as well when Ellie started to pick up on it, I was like, right, brilliant. This is going to go in a direction where she sees that these little things are becoming bigger things and it's going to get to, I don't know, a pot, like um, an argument or something's going to happen. There's going to be some kind of event that makes Ellie realise, like we predicted in the last book, that she's like, oh my God, yeah, this is abuse. I mean, it'd be heavy stuff, but mm-hmm. she's already done eating disorders so and other heavy things in other books so i don't see how she wouldn't be able to write this well um she realizes what emotional abuse is what it looks like what coercion looks like and then she doesn't get back with him at the end yeah we we aren't exaggerating how books like it so looks like it's going to turn into a book about Ellie realising that she has been manipulated and then it doesn't and it's really um, I don't know the word for it it's some yeah, like your expectations it, but in a really it's horrible weird way it hasn't, it, it's not even like we're picking up on really subtle things and being like oh it could go in this direction it's done in no. a very obvious way so like, which is why it just feels really weird because even like I was thinking yeah. okay like because I've read this book when I was younger and I was thinking, I wonder what my perception mm-hmm. was on it then. And I was like, was I happy that she yeah. and Russell were going to get back together? Was I rooting for her and Russell to get back together? Like, I, I, but obviously I don't remember Remember, and it's completely different rereading it. Um, yeah, not mm-hmm. good. I, and I feel like this chapter is just a big yikes because it's just red flags all over an abusive relationship like literally like gaslighting like manipulating her like everything just building up on that like kind of isolating her and leaving her with no options at russell's the two start kissing and russell wants to take things further but ellie says she's not ready they go to Russell's room where Russell has been drawing an elephant that looks suspiciously like Ellie's trademark, Ellie the Elephant. Not only that, but he's entered his drawings of said elephant into an art competition without telling Ellie. Ellie is annoyed that he's stolen her artwork, but Russell tells her that it's just an elephant and that it's different from hers. 
Ellie can't even enter the competition herself because it's closed, and she suspects that Russell has deliberately kept that from her so that she can't upstage him. Ellie meets Russell's dad and stepmom Cynthia, who is actually a fierce feminist and not at all like how Russell prescribed. At dinner, she tells Cynthia about Anna's evolving career as a fashion designer, and Cynthia is excited when she realises that she's seen Anna's jumpers in one of her fashion magazines. Ellie realises that the reason her parents' marriage may be in trouble is due to her dad's jealousy of not being the professional of the relationship anymore. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> this chapter was so infuriating. <laughs> I wanted to scream for Ellie. Oh my god, I know. When I read that, I was like, about you're the joking elephant. me. And he was saying, like, oh, you don't own elephants. And Oh god, there's so many, like, little quotes in this that, like, again, could have been really clever, like, in showing things, like, how she says he always wants to teach me stuff. He's always yeah. trying to lecture me. Oh my god, I yeah. hate him so much. We have Ellie saying that when Russell kisses her, it feels yeah. wonderful, but she's still a bit scared, which I liked. Very realistic, very nice, very um. Yeah, you like, know, you got to remember she's it's not like she's going to so. be immediately like fine with everything and. Like, it's completely understandable to be, like, nervous, especially when yeah. someone as pushy and... as Russell. Uh, like, um, the the feeling is good, but then it's the not, maybe the yeah. unknown of going further as well. Uh, and, oh, my God. And then Ellie says, um, no, I've told you I don't want to brilliant very yeah um, i like how she does what's the word blatant. yeah i like how she's it's that, that's what, like, how it's consent. so like, overt like ellie clearly unarguably does not want to like because she's saying like oh yeah i don't want to and he's like what even though like you don't you you love me mm. and it's like oh my god that's so manipulative and further into that yeah he then kisses the ring that she's wearing which makes him like he's like he's yeah. almost saying, "But I got you this ring. Like I bought you this. Well, he didn't even buy it. <laughs> I stole this ring for you. <laughs> um, so and you still won, even though yeah, it's so like game. manipulative. It's so yeah, associating the object yeah with having sex with her. Like was it his intention all along to get the ring? Honestly, yeah, that's what it sounds like. That she would have sex he with clearly him. doesn't care about her, like, at all. And he, like, no. with this ring, like, okay, fair enough, if he just gave her a ring out of a kid's magazine, because, you know, you don't yeah. have to spend money on someone, blah, 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 but it's this yeah. sort of, like, expectation he holds behind this ring, like, ah, oh, like, um, are you still wearing your ring? And, like, yeah, like, God, like you're not a martyr for buying her, like, well, not you again, stealing her a ring from the front of a magazine. No, like, chill out. Oh, he's awful, <laughs> awful. Chill. Um, something else I wanted to talk about was the fact that one of the judges yeah. in the art competition is an illustrator like of char- Nicola Sharp. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Is- I thought that was lovely. Like- He's really cute. I like that she uh, she wrote him in. <laughs> um, yeah, that was just a little thing that I liked, and, and it's a nice little touch. And as well, um, I I read a physical copy of it, so it has Nick Sherritt's illustrations in, which is always 
it's always lovely. Um, in this book, it's just one, one large illustration per, um, chapter. They're always great. Love them. Um, there's a really oh my good god, yes, yeah, I, I don't know what Myrtle Mouse Myrtle looks Mouse. like. <laughs> Do it on. I want to see. Oh, she's adorable. She's yeah, adorable. I liked that bit. Um, um yeah. I think, like the other good bits I liked um in this sort of chapter was I don't know, I, I was kind of trying to find good things because uh-huh. I found so much like bad stuff. I don't know, I guess I liked again descriptions like the yeah. description of Russell's flat. Like you know she is very visual and like with the glossy magazines mm-hmm. and the glass shelves and huge cream sofas. Like she is very visual and like um you know i can yeah like appreciate that it's something that i really the last thing that i really liked was how russell painted this picture of cynthia <laughs> like she was the devil incarnate like she was a horrible woman she she's made his dad into a, a horrible man and you know yeah and then ellie meets cynthia she's cool as she's dead nice she's dead <laughs> friendly and ellie and cynthia get on really well yeah, and like, again, this is why I thought we were going to realise Russell's Russell, the really. antagonist. Like, like, it's like, she's like, well, what? Like, everything that he represents and says is a lie. Yeah. And... Yeah, literally that. Like, the problem is, it's definitely a yeah, Russell oh God, issue. Like, yeah. I do feel like Russell... With the film thing, oh women. my God. But, yeah, he's just... He's the worst, pretty oh. much. And, again, this chapter just sums it up, like... It's like, and I hate the way it's justified. So, like, um, he stole her Ellie Elephant mm-hmm. like cartoon, and then um, obviously she gets a bit yeah. huffy with him. That's what I said, isn't it? She gets huffy, and then um, she yeah. says like she doesn't yeah. want to lie down with him again. Like um, after this sort of confrontation. And then it's his turn to yeah. go a bit huffy with me, and I was like, uh-huh. oh, don't say like oh we're just getting huffy with each other because you not wanting to have sex with him is not the same as him stealing your like cartoon for a competition and it shouldn't kind of be like i mean again i'm not surprised ellie sees it in this way because she's been manipulated so much but to have that and then nothing else to kind of say well no i was wrong because you know that's really bad it is damaging. It um she also says, yeah. I know I'm being childish, but I'm nearly in tears about it. Like, you shouldn't have mm-hmm. to preface it with I know I'm being childish because she isn't at all. A boyfriend's soul yeah. and her like trademark character is like it's hers. And then when she has you know, she has the audacity to question him about it, he's like, What do you mean? It's just an elephant. He's the you're being worst. ridiculous, you're being huffy. He's absolutely like I, I don't know. He's worse. Is he worse than Mister Axbury? Field the both the the both horrible horrible men that yeah. in jail, honestly, and oh my god, um, his dad as well. And um, Russell's dad calls Ellie in the kitchen, is asking her oh all sorts god. of stuff, laughing and joking, almost flirting with me, which feels a bit weird. <laughs> Of course he was. <laughs> of course you he's going to flirt with a 13-year-old. 
Of course you know, he I, put I, I, I was not surprised. I was like, of course. I, I, I mean, that's yeah. something Russell and Ellie also have in common then. Just, like, really creepy dads. Just a little point on Russell's dad. Not only is he a fucking creep, he also says, oh my God, does, I know. where does Anna sell her knitting craft bears? Like, calm down, Mr. Misogynist. Like, honestly, can, a, can she not have yeah, a career outside, as like, a woman? A, like, a an actual, bear. you know... Like a hobby, like oh, it's a little, you know, it's a little hobby that she's doing. Like no, it's actually yeah, it's it's, it's again it's this she's... whole thing because um, like know, when the all friend... the men are like this in in the Jacqueline Wilson books, they're all very like um, assume women yeah. can't do anything, and then whenever it's described, it's like oh well, all these men they're just really old fashioned, and then like I think even Cynthia says something like oh well, that's just blokes, no. like you know what they're like, and I was like no, don't. It's so it's like the same kind of thing of like oh you know boys will be boys and all that like, and it's constantly said over and over and over again in this book. Uh huh. Yeah. Like um, Ellie comes yeah. to the realization that her dad's jealous of Anna, and says, "I suppose it's a bit unsettling for him." Like yeah, like why should yeah, everyone? Right, it might be, but he needs to and, like, Why should Anna like, make herself smaller to make him more comfortable? Yeah, and make him like feel less emasculated yeah. because his wife. I don't see why that should be a priority, but apparently it's only priority that him. to make the men feel comfortable and not overpowered by the females. Yeah, it that like he's he's a man of an unnamed age and yeah, <laughs> who is an adult who should be happy and supportive of his oh, wife. Oh God, he's, and he's not in the just slightest. like Brian and. And this it was just horrific, and so was the dad. And it's I hate how it's kind of just brushed off as normal. I'm thinking about men in this book in general. Like, are there any? There was like one sentence about him. I think Who is he in it, this? it, it was think. literally all it said was like he was like, oh, "I'm going to split you three girls up." You're like annoying me, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird," because he was such a big part of the yeah. the last book. Yeah, he was. He was nice. He was good. Yeah, completely. But apart from that, all like, the men in this yeah, you might actually be the only positive male character because, like, even eggs, eggs is annoying. Dan, Dan's annoying. Yeah, yeah, and Dan also was trying to get Ellie to do stuff she didn't want to do. No, it is strange how it. Like, I mean, we've only read this series and uh, Love Lessons, but so far the representation of men is bad, and not bad as in like yeah. The men in this are bad, and there's a reason for it. The men in this are yeah, bad like it's not because they're men, where it's and like, men oh, act like this at the detriment of women. This and this is why it's unacceptable. It's more like, okay, yeah. this is why men are bad, and we have to learn to uh-huh. live with it as women. The majority yeah. of the readers of this book are going to be girls. Yeah, like how to so sort of like what, with what does that teach these them? Sort of guys who make them smaller and like expect them to act in a certain way to make them more comfortable it's just meant to be like okay fair enough because you know you are a man and I, I, don't, I hate that when ellie comes home she finds anna sitting alone downstairs she tells ellie that her dad hasn't come home and that she's worried that he's out having an affair with a student anna breaks down and ellie comforts her telling her that he's only jealous because of how successful she's getting and that he wouldn't seriously have an affair Anna says that maybe she should stop trying to expand her career so that she could focus more time on eggs and dad. 
Ellie tells her she shouldn't sacrifice something that she's wanted for so long. But Ellie goes to bed, being very anxious that everything's going to go wrong and that her family will separate. She wishes her mum was still alive and dreams that she's with her, reading her her old Myrtle Mouse stories. Yeah, it is. This chapter is more of what we've just spoken about, to be honest. Um, yeah, I got a few. Um, there, there is a good things good. from it. Um, so I liked Ellie um, assuring Anna that it isn't wrong for her to pursue a career. I'm glad because it is this whole sort of thing where things will happen where yeah. as we're rereading it we know it's wrong but no one else in the book actually confirms no that is wrong and you should keep doing you mm-hmm. so like Anna's like yeah should I like quit my yeah. job be a housewife again and Anna's like no that's rubbish it's wonderful that you've been successful and I was so happy she did that Ellie can see that a dad's just gonna have to deal with it, I think. Like I yeah. I can't remember if Ellie says any like, oh it's just dad type line. But um oh wait, no, she totally does. But even so, like Ellie does understand that Anna's success might just have to mean that a dad's unhappy, but like he it's his problem to deal with. It's no, not Anna's and she shouldn't have to sacrifice what she's worked so hard for. Feel more comfortable with himself, exactly. So that is re- it's really good for Ellie. It's really brave as well, really mature. Mm-hmm. Because again, Anna is doing the thing where she kind of yeah, and it's far, it is so far too much to put on a thirteen-year-old shoulders. Like as much as I love Anna, I hate how she does do that so much. Like I know that it's a serious thing. Like a dad's been yeah. out like until half eleven, but to just sort of like say to like his thirteen-year-old daughter, like, oh, we know what he's doing. And um, how can he do this to me? How can he hurt me without actually yeah. having a conversation with the dad? I find that I do find it weird because I am kind of like, like I know. I mean, I guess yeah. she was a student, Anna, so she's been manipulated into this situation. I guess she's mm-hmm. like could have been groomed into this sort of relationship, which is why I guess maybe she can't leave him. But I don't know. It's still it's putting a lot onto a thirteen year old girl. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I suppose mm-hmm. Ellie always says that she and Anna are more like sisters. Yeah. So maybe in that respect, Anna sees Ellie more like a sister. So it's as though she's talking to her sister about her husband, but even so, it's inappropriate because she's still 13 and it's still a dad. And Anna doesn't know that he's having an affair. Like she suspects it, but by saying to Ellie, oh, well, we both know where Yeah, he is, and it's it like, like um, Ellie says worried i hate being old enough to know what's really going on and i was kind of like you shouldn't have to know and like i know like okay maybe at 13 you do know what's sort of going on in your family but i don't know like that's so much to be put on her shoulders and like especially ellie who's kind of like like her and anna haven't had the the best relationship for like ages like i know they do now but they haven't for the longest time and she's felt isolated from this family for so long I don't know, I just, I thought it was sad. I felt really sorry for Ellie. I also thought it was really, like, obviously it's completely understandable after knowing who Ellie's dad is after reading all the books. Um, But the first thing Ellie pictures is her dad with a younger student, which I thought was so sad and, like, really disturbing that that that's so normalised for her. And it's a nice um, nod to later on 
as well. Mm-hmm. She does, um, and she's so aware of it, and she's but she like again, it's so normalised. Like she doesn't even have to think it's that out of the realm. I noticed though that um, yeah, Ellie refers to him as a lecturer. Yeah, um, when he says, um, he said he's a lecturer, not Again, like we were saying from the like chapter five, the same kind of stuff. How um, it's this sort of like misogynistic views that are just accepted so like when he says like um, he was a lecturer not a child minder I was like oh my god he's ex-dad like a child minder he's a dad like oh my god yeah yeah exactly like so Anna therefore is the child minder because she's the woman I know oh god I hated it that is awful I, that was all I got for the bad. The only other good thing I got was at the end of the chapter when Ellie's um, sort of imagining her mum telling her stories in bed. I thought that was really lovely, actually. And I, I could imagine it. Like, it's her way of escaping. Like, obviously, it's really sad, but it's understandable that that's the way she kind of escapes. It's like imagining her mum telling the stories with her. And again, it's not just any stories. It's Myrtle Mouse. Um, showing that Myrtle Mouse is basically a comfort blanket in this book um and the only way that she does feel safe like later on when she's really really not yeah. mentally in a great place she all she does is draw Myrtle Mouse mm-hmm. to make herself feel better and to make herself feel safer yeah um I like that too and I liked the way that it's described like how she feels when she hears her dad come in because it's really it's really sad to read um, like her stomach starts turning, yeah. pulls the sheets over her head. No, it is really, really sad, small, but she does block it all out. I guess you could say she describes it really well because you do feel really sorry for her. Yeah, and you know that feeling of like the anxiety of knowing what's happening, but not knowing what's being said. And not really knowing what's going on. Like, she knows something's up. And she knows that they're going to have a conversation about it. But obviously, she can't be a fly mm-hmm. on the wall to hear what's happening. She doesn't know yeah. they're going to split up that night, maybe. What did you get for bad? Again, it was um some of the same sort of stuff. Like, how I found it really disturbing how um Anna was opening up to Ellie about everything like that like saying um he knows how much i love him how much it hurts why does he want to hurt yeah. me but then i also found it really bad how much anna's Anna's constantly put in this horrible situation and she doesn't seem to ever get it resolved um her storyline and she's the like one of the best characters she's yeah. left with honestly a bit of a sad ending because she's still stuck in this relationship just this little bit where ellie tries to justify dad's behavior which <laughs> Again, she's just had a lot of really Mm hard-hitting information dumped on her, and she is a child, so I I kind of understand why what she says. Um, So Anna says, most men share childcare now, and Ellie says, not old men like Dad. He's improved a bit. I mean, when I was little, he didn't even put me to bed. I think he'd have passed out if he'd have to up or feed me. My mum did it all. Yeah, which like, and why should we be applauding him for that? He now knows that he should also contribute to the household chores as and, like, someone who lives in the house. We're just meant to well done him. Like, oh, he's an old fashioned guy, and you know he has improved. And it's like, no, that doesn't make it okay. No, like if he expects mm-hmm. not just both of his wives to do 
all the cooking and cleaning and the shopping yeah. and the childcare, as well as having a job. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I still do not understand how Jack oh my God. said well, that this man It's what confuses me. Like, he's an ultra-lefty ultra liberal art lecturer who is also a misogynist yeah. who's clearly yeah. very right-wing. And likes... Yeah, women and young girls. I don't, I don't understand his character, and I don't understand. There's parts in this book where I feel like we're meant to feel sorry for him, and I'm like, no, I do not feel any pity for this man. Yeah, no, I. Oh, God, he is. He's worst. Instead of doing her homework, Ellie begins to reinvent Myrtle Mouse, drawing her in various perilous situations, more gritty than her mum's wholesome stories that she used to draw for Ellie. Being in Myrtle's world comforts Ellie and allows her to forget about what's happening at home. At breakfast, it's obvious that something's off between Anna and Dad. And even though Anna tells her not to, Ellie shouts at her dad and tells him that he has to stop being so jealous of Anna. At school, Ellie is shocked to find that Magda and Nadine are having a secret conversation without her. Ellie demands to know what's going on, but the two are shifty and tell Ellie that they were annoyed that she missed the house um... funeral. <laughs> okay, I've got a question for you. So... The big question in this book is, oh, okay. is Myrtle Mouse I, Ellie's original idea? I like. I understand that, like, obviously, I don't know. Like, a dad was like, you know, it's your mum's idea. It's it's not yours to put in a competition. But I'm kind of like, well, she did reinvent her, and like, it's not as big of a deal as Russell stealing Ellie's elephant. And I hate how every single time Ellie gets happy about something, they just put, use that to put her yeah. down. But I can also understand it isn't her idea, but like, I don't think it's that important yeah. to literally crush any feeling of happiness she does have, which is very rare. <laughs> what did you think? I she would have been Ellie's mum would have thought it was a sick idea. Because, yeah. like, like Ellie says, Ellie draws her in different colours to what Amanda does. She makes her a lot more bold. She makes a personality different. Like, Ellie's mum, Ellie's mum's Myrtle Mouse was a lot more, like, cute. She'd go on, like, cute little adventures and she'd be, like, pastel coloured and the whole world would be, like, pastel coloured. Yeah. And then when Ellie redesigns her, she's got, like, dungarees on <laughs> and piercings and she, like, and she goes yeah. on these like really and crazy like, wild adventures like in, Lon- in the London and Underground and stuff. It kind of reminded me of like, I don't know, almost, you know how like they bring out a certain yeah. cartoons and then they reinvent mm-hmm. them and then the style's different. Almost like Scooby-Doo, like, there's all different versions of Scooby-Doo and the style's different and it's the same characters, yeah, it's like, but it's kind of Because it's obviously Ellie's, Ellie's drawn it in her almost. style, so it's not like... Because it's not like the thing that's so good about it is that it's a yeah. mouse called Myrtle. I definitely liked in chapter seven how Ellie uses art to escape her reality. Like, yeah. And again, like with this whole thing of it, it does just make sense. Like, I like how she sort of creates this universe she'd like to be in. Yeah. And because everything in her life is honestly like going a bit wrong. Definitely. And she can kind of like hide in this sort of world she makes, which I think is quite lovely. Yeah, it's really good um, and realistic as well because it's a passion. Yeah, yeah, and I like because in the first few books, I don't think they did that as much. No, 
No, um, I, um, the in Girls Under Pressure, she was kind of drawing herself as you know, like animals when she was feeling like she was an animal, and uh, like when she drew herself as the big turkey, yeah, and that sort of thing. Like her drawings reflected her mood in that way, but it it wasn't really to the extent that it is here, where she is like she purposefully doesn't do her homework and stuff, and decides to basically use art as a form of self care. Yeah, to make herself feel better. And I do like that. Yeah, I think it's that sort of good. escapism. Um, um, yeah, I think we actually got probably the most good out of this chapter so far. Yeah. Um, because Ellie stood stood up for Anna. Yeah, that's. And I love that bit. How good was it? And she was like, "Oh, it's it's so typical of the whole male ego. You didn't let my mother work, did you?" I was like, "Oh, <laughs> like, oh, someone finally said it to him." And like, I think this conversation changes how the dad acts for the rest of the book not necessarily in a good way because he takes it out on ellie oh my god doesn't he just like i know she, but he is the first she's the first person to actually call him out and i love uh, that it's the way that he doesn't do anything to how do i word this like instead of talking to her and be like ellie this isn't what's happening this, listen it i know you're worried that we're splitting up it's okay, I'm working on something at the moment, I know I haven't been a very good dad, he's just like, well, that's how you feel, Ellie, and then shuts the door and walks to work. Like, I know. He's so, like, no wonder they have this relationship because he is so cut off from her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand her. No, he doesn't, he doesn't know her, and it's, he's so cold and jealous and he acts like a kid. I know. Yet, when, like, there is a part in this chapter where like he hugs her and he's like meant to be there for a whatever mm-hmm. and I, again i found it so inconsistent because i was like he's never acted like a dad before yeah i don't know why he is here but um no i i, I loved that ellie called him out i thought it was amazing i loved i loved the quote um you want us all to look up to you and think you're wonderful well you're not because after four books of the dad constantly like hyping himself up and expecting <laughs> everyone to be like <laughs> Yeah, you're so amazing. You're so cool. She finally was like, "Yeah, well, you're not like no." <laughs> no, like he's shit. He's a shit dad. He's a shit husband. Yeah, he's a horrible lecturer. <laughs> it comes yeah. all back down to how much he hyped himself up for letting Ellie use a phone box. I know, like best Christmas present ever. Thanks, Dad. Like, shut up. Uh, like, yeah, call him out, Ellie. It's so good. And she also says that it's making everybody unhappy the way he's behaving. Yeah. Which is really true. And it also kind of shows that Ellie is doing this on behalf of Anna. Yeah. Anna can't do it. Anna can't, like, I don't want to say find the strength because, like, that implies that she's, like, a weak person, which she's not. Mm-hmm. But Anna just doesn't feel like she can. Yeah, like, she's been put in sort of situation where yeah. she can't say anything. Well, Ellie don't give a fuck. Ellie's just like <laughs> awful. <laughs> oh, she's so good in this chapter. Yeah, I, I love Ellie. I yeah. think great. Like, obviously, you know, she has she has some moments of not being a great friend and being yeah. me Anna as well. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, she was really good. And yeah. um I did really like as well, um, going off from the argument, but um the funeral yeah. for the hamster. As for again, yeah, funny. like I don't see a point in it, but you know what? I'll take the comedic value of it. And um, also, 
what I love about that is how seriously Magda take the hamster funeral. Like they didn't just like bury the hamster in a box in the garden. (laughs) They like (laughs) down in the river wearing like mourning clothes. (laughs) Wearing black veils. Yeah, wearing black fucking veils. Took her down to the river and like gave her a Viking funeral. <laughs> yeah, and it's so funny. But even whilst they're talking about it, they're still being serious. <laughs> oh God, I, I thought that was really funny. It's really funny. Um, I love that Ellie still calls the blonde guy Mr. Dream Man. Yeah, I mean, I was quite surprised at his uh, appearance in this book, you know. Well, yeah. Like, because I didn't feel like in the others, like apart from the first one, he hasn't appeared since the first oh, book, has he? Yeah, no, he, he, maybe she, like, bumps into him. But, like, it's not. He doesn't have, like, a part to play in any of the other books. I mean, like, I mean, he, he I think he played a very similar role to maybe Mr. Windsor in the last one. He's just, like, yeah. you know, a nice guy helping Ellie out. But some of the lines that surround this character are some of my favourite lines in the entire book. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on about whoops collision avoided? <laughs> oh my god, that one! And um, how can anyone called Kevin look like that or something in the middle of her having like a really serious monologue? Yeah, like she's having a panic attack, and she's like, "Kevin, <laughs> Ellie, um, is thinking about the way that Russell kissed her." Yeah, and he says, "I feel my whole body weaken at the thought of his touch." But at the corner of my mind's eye, little Ellie Elephant droops her head, trunk trailing, forced to do all sorts of new tricks for Russell when she's mine and only wants to do things my way. I remember that line. Oh, I like that line. Brilliant line. Yeah. Brilliant line of her realising he's actually he has stolen mm-hmm. off me and it has impacted the way I think about him and I don't think I want him to kiss me anymore because yeah. I can't get over the fact that he's taken this thing from me. Yeah, it's such a like presentation of how she has all these feelings, but she can't get that thought out of her head. Yeah, but then it amounts to nothing because it doesn't matter that he's stolen anything from her. Yeah. Oh my I god! Didn't... I know. I thought that would like honestly. I thought that would have so much more um, meaning than it did. I thought he was going to win the competition, and it was going to turn into like this massive sort of thing of like, oh well does he really deserve to win? Because, like, you know, it's yeah. not his idea. But no, I, I don't think it actually comes to anything. No, it doesn't. And knowing what Ellie the Elephant means to Ellie... Yeah, like, she's been mentioned all four books. Yeah, she has. And still, it it doesn't amount to anything. No. I thought it was a brilliant line, and I thought it was going to lead to her realising that she should have something to say about it and she should speak up and voice the fact that she knows it's wrong. Yeah. And and she shouldn't be manipulated into thinking that it isn't. Yeah. Like, just because his voice is louder doesn't mean that she's incorrect. Mm-hmm. It's sad. I feel really sorry. But I like that, um, like, she does have, like, this sort of um, childish side to her, I guess, where... Like with her art, like how she loves all the, the little cartoons. Yeah. And it it just shows how naive she is to it as well. Uh-huh. And Russell, just a 16-year-old boy, like taking like a much younger girl's like piece of artwork and then manipulating her into like thinking it's all right. It's just so no. sad. It's, it's really awful. And 
I love the fact that Ellie, by this point, I didn't actually mention it in our in our chapter breakdown, but Ellie has entered the competition, I think, mm-hmm. but she hasn't told Russell, which she should know. That if, he, if she feels like she can't tell him... Oh, yeah, it's like red flags all over. Yeah. Like, because, again, like we were saying, this could have built it up so well because, like, she could have questioned it. Like, okay, why... Like she even said, um, girlfriend should be able to tell the boyfriends everything. Yeah. And I was like, so the the, the awareness is there. Yeah. Like all that had to be done was that sort of realization. Like, well, this isn't normal, and yeah. it would have had such a like a good like meaning, and it would. Um, and I know, like, not every you know, not every book's meant to have meaning. No. It's all. I feel like a plot has to have a point and all the plots in this don't have a point. No. Like, at all. No. And oh, I hate no. this plot because I just felt like it was unnecessary. Like, it just upset Ellie and there was no resolution. Even if the resolution or, like, the climax was going to be, like, Ellie was going to be devastated. Uh-huh. But it just didn't really amount to anything. It didn't, like... The only thing that it did, which was actually pretty good, mm-hmm. was it the letter that she gets back. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but the letter that she gets back from Nicola Sharp telling her that she's really good and worthy and talented. Yeah. Ellie, later on, when she's feeling like she's alone in the world, rereads that letter and it's like a, again, it's like Myrtle Mouse. Yeah. It's it's uh, validating her and making her realise that she is capable and good and talented and special mm-hmm. so the letter is important but the art theft thing does nothing but make Russell look horrible yeah and like I don't understand how he can still be the love interest at the end of the book after all of these plots because not one thing in this book highlights him as a good boyfriend no Absolutely or not. someone that's like, worthy of Ellie's time at all. No. Everything he does, every time he's... It, like, he's, it's so confusing and frustrating because he's literally written like a bad guy. He's, he's written just like, say, like Liam was, like a villain. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, it's all right. He's, he's fine. They're together. Like, how, how can anyone support that? And as well as, like, I don't know, like, Ellie always kind of is presented to be the one that like, and I guess, I guess when you're the person going through what, and you know, like the the trauma and the abuse of it, and like getting manipulated, you can't see it. But like, she's always the one that's like, oh my god, Nadine's such an idiot, like for going out with an older boy, which yeah. makes again it normalizes what Ellie goes through because it's like, oh well, Ellie recognizes what's wrong. Yeah. So she'd recognize that this was wrong, but. Obviously, she doesn't, and no one else does, which is the problem, I think. I think the other thing that we really need to talk about is um, this feeling that Ellie has that Magda and Nadine have started to share things and become closer and are purposefully excluding Ellie. Oh, yeah, with this whole, like, um, secret thing. Yeah. Um, Ellie recognises immediately that... Um, the joke was probably about her. Yeah. She jumps to first. And I was thinking, if that's what if that was her first thing, if that was her first thought, 
then that can't like your two best friends are having a laugh about something and you think they're probably laughing about me i know like this is what i mean like, i don't understand how they can be seen as best friends because surely that wouldn't be the first thought about your best friend no there was like in the other like, book when they seen the first thought about marketers that she was like like betraying ellie yeah like it they clearly don't know each other very well no. or like um and then Magda and Nadine, for whatever reason, just start ganging up on Ellie, basically saying what Russell says, mm. but reversed. So they're like, oh, you're spending all this time with Russell. Um, you're such a couple now. You were always the one who nagged me for abandoning my girlfriends when I went out with Liam. And then Magda says, you got all shirty with me too when I went out with Nick, remember? Yeah, and it's this is never even resolved in the end. Because in the end, they're like, oh, get with Russell, get back with Russell. Yeah. And, like, like, this whole sort of thing where the friends and the boyfriend hate each other is never resolved, which is weird because it's kind of been building from Girls Out Late. Yeah. Like, they clearly have a problem with it. Yeah. Which is completely fair. But I actually don't think they have a problem with him they think they have a problem with ellie oh and they don't they don't dislike russell for the right reasons either they're like no he's a stupid like nerd like um they they don't dislike him because he's mean to the friend they're just doing it because they want to humiliate ellie yeah and they don't like again they're jealous they don't like the fact that ellie is spending time with russell Mm mm-hmm the same way that Russell doesn't like the fact that Ellie spends time with Magda and Nadine. Yeah. Like, Ellie can't win No, at she all. can't. And, like, she can't even, like, try and spend a time equally between them because they'll still always be, like, down her throat with it. Yeah. No, I feel so sorry for Ellie. She just gets this the entire way through the book. And then when Ellie's actually wronged, she's not allowed to feel angry about it. split this one into two because we're already over two hours yeah i think even though it's a similar size to some of the other books maybe it's um we have a lot to talk about with this one because there's so much in it thanks for watching our episode on girls in tears if you'd like to message us feel free to reach us at donhan273 at gmail.com or if you'd like to reach us on instagram or twitter you can find us at donhan reviews thanks bye